Okay. People, listen up. It's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're no not in a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit and no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. I ain't going with you. I'll go with child. Hey, fuck you, Palmer! I'm going with you! Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit! Because the whole world gone crazy! Hey! Everybody calm the fuck down. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends. My name is Adam. I mean, sorry, my name is Anders. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was doing the introduction so well, and I fucked it up. Well... That's happened before. Um, I, well, no, because I was I was in my head. I'm, I was because in my head Anders, I was going. My, my name is Anders Holmes, and this is my brother. My Adam name is Mister Sneeze. Dankeschön, Dankeschön. Ich bin uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, sorry, just no. I just wanted to carry on the quote. No, sorry, because in my head I was thinking, uh, my name is Anders Holmes, and I'm joined by Adam movies. over Skype, and then I just mixed it up. Skype movies. Yes, we're not on Skype. We're on Zoom. That's right. We're on Zoom. That's right. Other yeah. platforms are available. Um, yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? My name is Anders Holmes. Uh, I am fine. Uh, I'm fine and dandy. It's a windy day, and um, yeah, it's rainy and windy here too. So, yeah. So so much for spring. Anyway, um, spring is here. Da, 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 da. You sing on every podcast now. It's going to be. It, we are like shedding listeners at this point. <laughs> Your Tom Jones impression is all over my timeline, and I need it to be gone. Um, is it? Yes. Every time I open my device, it's uh -huh. uh, you singing Tom Jones to me and me trying not to like leave the ball or whatever. Uh, anyway. Um, not unusual. It's not unusual. Uh, so what's new, Pussycat? What are we talking about? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you fell into that one, I'm afraid. Sorry. Yeah. yeah so are we we are doing uh recommendations so last time it was you and uh so it's going to be me today recommending a film people are still at home right i mean it's yeah. still yeah lockdown. well yeah lockdown is easing a little bit here around april things are going to start opening up slowly and around may cinemas will be opening up again big uh department stores will be opening in the meantime you know and, and also even when stuff opens up people might want to just like go home and you know after they've been exhausted by all these new things they can do like going to the pub um they probably want to just like take a take a load off and watch a film so what should they watch yes um uh before i recommend a film to you the, the film that i want to recommend to you what is your take on director robert altman um i like robert altman uh i like many of his films he's a good director he's um He's very much of his time, I think. Um, and I think he's seen as... I don't think he's considered on the same level as some of the great directors of history and perhaps some of the people he'd like to be considered alongside. But I think he is a certain kind of great American director in the tradition of Howard Hawks or... Um, John Ford. Eh, not so much Ford, maybe, but... Um, Hawks, maybe, maybe like uh, uh, he and Hal Ashby, I think, have some similarity in terms of profile. I'd probably argue that Hal Ashby was a better director, but I, I mean, I think that that he's in that. You know, he's also he has that sort of masculine Hemingway approach. I think to his um, 
you know to his presentation in his in his own person and i think in some of the choices he makes but you know he's a very very interesting career i mean um uh you know let's let's be honest mash perhaps hasn't aged particularly well but it's still pretty funny and um uh, the long goodbye is one of my favorite movies and so is uh mccabe and mrs miller um gosford park was a pretty good late entry um the player i i never i could, don't know if i could ever love that film but it's pretty it's pretty well man, well made and um you know there's more to robert altman than overlapping dialogue i just don't know that robert altman's someone who nowadays you would fill you know a, a cinema you can't fill a cinema now because of covid but if you say you could you know for a robert altman retrospective would you get the same clamor to see his movies as you would have done in the 70s or 80s you know when when i think you know it's certainly in the 70s when he was at the peak of his powers I, I you know it's just i think he's someone who'll go in and out of fashion is basically what i'm saying i think he's not that kind of behemoth like hitchcock or john ford or orson wells or someone like that i think he has a more of a, a varied um catalog maybe yeah. i'm too much of a ford worshiper maybe john ford isn't considered that like huge of a deal these days actually maybe you know maybe so maybe he should be you know maybe yeah uh, Robert Altman. but but i mean you know um yeah he's certainly he's certainly up there isn't he um yeah he's i think he's a, he's definitely up there i think in regards to him as a director i think he's he's really just he does fire on all cylinders and i think the way that he's able to kind of direct these scenes with so many actors and so many characters and the camera moves in and out so it's like you know, it's it's like the camera's just there. It's just observing every single conversation. And it's like, and I like the way he sort of takes certain films, like films like MASH or The Long Goodbye, or even something like Images, where he takes a particular genre, or even McCabe and Mrs. Miller, like Westerns, where he sort of does it in his own particular way and brings his own spin on it in a very sort of natural, naturalistic, but also very satirical fashion. And I think that's something that's really good. And I think it's really interesting. And I think I think he does get quite a lot out of his actors. So the film that I am recommending is a film that I just saw recently. Yeah, Robert Altman film now that you <laughs> set what? us up. It better be a Robert Altman movie. No, 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 no. It is a Robert Altman movie. No, the film that I'm recommending, because I watched, because I've joined, well, I was asked to join a film club with some film school friends. And uh, one of the films that we talked about was Images, which is like a psychological horror film with Susanna York. And then one of the films that we were chosen to pick uh, to watch was Nashville, which is regarded as, as his magnum opus. And I would go so far as to say, I think that might actually be my favorite Robert Altman movie and actually probably his best film. I think that I think when looking at Nashville and looking at his whole directorial work, I think it really is like the, that was like at the peak of his career because he just went from films like Nash. He went to like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. He went to The Long Goodbye. And then, you know, he hadn't he just worked his way up to Nashville. And I think the way that he directs certain scenes, like these really big scenes with all these like actors and extras. And it's just, it's incredible the way that he was able to pull it off. And also with the music and the editing and the way it cuts back and over when, you know, cause he's a big fan of overlapping dialogue, like you said. And I think he really gives a sense to the scenes and everything. And I, it's, a, I mean, again, it is a very long film. It's two hours and 41 minutes long, but it doesn't really feel long. And it breezes quite quickly through all these little different moments during this time, this period of time in Nashville, where there's a lot of concerts and you see different people, you see, um, 
uh, Keith Carradine, who's like this kind of rebel, you know, guitarist who kind of goes out and sleeps with like a lot of women. Then you have Lily Tomlin. This was Lily Tomlin's first film and she was nominated for, she got nominated for an Oscar for this movie. And she's a, she works with a, a black uh, choir group and she also has two children who are deaf. And she has a bit of a relationship with Keith Carradine and Ned, she's married to Ned Beatty and, or Betty or something. I, I'm not quite sure which, which one it is. Beatty, isn't it? James Beatty. Beatty. Who's the other one called? Um, War, Warren Betty. Warren Beatty. Warren it Betty. is Beatty. Beatty or Betty, I'm not quite sure. But I, anyway. I would say Beatty. Beatty, yeah. Betty. Anyway, get in touch. No, no, but this, yeah. no, the, the cast of this film yeah. is just packed. It's one of the best ensemble casts of all time. You have Lily Tomlin, Keith Carradine, Ned Beatty, Jeff Goldblum. Elliot Gould shows up sure. for a cameo role. Uh, Michael Murphy, like all these great, great actors of the time, and Shelley Duvall, and you know, she, you know, she was in a lot of Robert Altman's movies, and she's she's fantastic. Yeah. And um, no, but it was amazing. And I think I don't know, maybe it's because of my our, my love for country western music that's why I really liked it, and also because I quite the, uh, last year I watched the uh, Ken Burns documentary about country western music, where it goes through like different periods, starting in the '30s and then working its way up to the 70s and the Grand Old Opry and all that sort of stuff. And I think it really, it's just, there's some really, really great moments. And, and I think everything kind of hangs well together, even though it's quite an ensemble film, there isn't really a main character. I mean, you could kind of say that maybe Ronnie Blakely's character, who's this sort of Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter type character, where you think about it's, she could be the main character or it's Geraldine Chaplin who plays this quite, silly and chatty BBC reporter who's there to sort of, you know, take in all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it's, it sort of jumps around in different places and you get a good sense of all the characters and there's a bit of, you know, like maybe they're a little bit cynical, maybe they're a little bit, you know, they, they they're dreaming big. And like, there's one saying, there's one person who's this, I forget the actress name, but she wants to be like a singer, like a proper, like Nashville singer, but she can't sing. And it's quite humorous, but then there's like one scene later in the film where she's, you know, she's asked to do a concert and she's, or like a bit for all these guys, all these kind of like Republican right winger kind of people. And then it turns into like something a little bit quite, you know, dark and a little bit. It's quite, I don't know, it's sort of, it's quite sad. So like it, it, it turns, it starts comedic and then it turns sad. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of things where I feel like the movie, it's trying, it's, it's doing a lot. Like it's trying to give a sense of Nashville the music scene, like all the different types of country Western music, but I think it's also giving a sense of like where America was at that time. And I guess there's a sense of like, you know, there's a point being made politically and socially, like, and, you know, and with, but with a satirical sort of edge, because there's a moment in the film later in the movie, which there's like a real big moment that it builds up to. And then there's a moment where like a person comes out and starts singing and then the crowd kind of joins in and it's the sort of like, moving on but still there's like problems that need to be addressed and things like that like especially in the sort of post kennedy vietnam war sort of scape of where america was in 1976 when so the it's post watergate yeah so it's just you know there's a moment in the movie where one of the characters goes this isn't dallas this isn't dallas which is a reference to the kennedy assassination yeah. sounds like it's it it's very much a portrait of a moment i mean it's interesting how many american films come out in this period that really are trying to grapple with all the things that are going on you know I think about the parallax view which is directed by is it Alan J Pakula does he direct uh, that? it was Alan J Pakula yes and um obviously the deer hunter which we've spoken about before and you know I think there is this this 
moment post Nixon pre Reagan where America really tries to and obviously with all the president's men and you know right and and with other cultural um output as well really tries to grapple with what's been going on politically and the sort of what's happened to the country but there there's such a counter uh, narrative against that which is to sweep us back into the world of fantasy and the world of um you know american exceptionalism and america's great and you know let's let's not worry too much about civil rights let's not worry too much about political corruption or um you know rampant kind of right-wing ideology and you know so you get star wars and then you get reagan um that's not to say that george lucas and Ray, you know, made Reagan happen, but it's just to say that there is always an appetite to, rather than have difficult decisions, sort of move, difficult conversations, move on, and uh, and not think about it, and then that's what you get. So, um, you know, so I think it's I think it's great when filmmakers try and like make uh, make sense of a moment in time, and it's interesting how much our own time is being looked at through the lens of the late sixties and seventies as well that you get films like The Trial of Chicago 7 or uh, Judas and the Black Messiah that really are trying to, you know, that, that are being made right now as we're talking about um, Black Lives Matter and, um, you know, all the, you know, the issues of our moment that we've, you know, they obviously come up a lot when we talk about movies. Um, so, yeah, so I think I, a film, I, I've never seen Nashville and it does sound really interesting. I know I've had it recommended by a lot of people, so... Um, and, it's fantastic. You know, it really kind of, yeah. I mean, even though it's a film that is about an ensemble group of people, it really hangs together really well. And it's quite similar to uh, Dazed and Confused, where it isn't really like, it doesn't have like a plot line or anything like kind of, that kind of drives the film. It's just driven by characters and events that it's just, it's just sort of like, you're like a fly on the wall watching this, you know, this, you know, watching this, you know, life go by during these few days in Nashville. It's a little bit like, it almost has a very sort of, documentary feel like you kind of feel like you're watching a documentary with real people and you kind of forget the fact that they are actors playing these characters and these sort of caricatures like of these you know these country western singers and things like that like ronnie blakely's character who like i said is a bit of a i think is a bit of a reference to uh loretta lynn and karen black who's like the rival of her character um she's i i mean people would maybe compare it to someone like dolly parton like they have those sort of vibes about them and things like that and it's very it's very interesting as well i mean i would also kind of i was thinking you could either like if you wanted to and you had a few hours to kill you could have a double bill of nashville and then you could also pair that with another Robert Altman film, which is a little bit similar, uh, Shortcuts, which is the film which is based around all those Raymond Carver uh, short stories, which also has a big, big cast, but I think doesn't hang together as well as Nashville does. I think there are moments where it does meander and it's not as gripping as, as Nashville is. But still, it's a very good film and directed really well. I think like just, I think it's amazing how he's able to like, you know, fire on all cylinders and direct the hell out of all these like really big scenes with so many characters and so much kind of going on. And I think, I think like a lesser director probably would have struggled with that. And maybe some plot lines would have fallen up by the wayside and stuff. But no, it's amazing that I think at this time where directors like him were given, because I feel like this was like the only film where he had real creative freedom because on McCabe and Mrs. Miller, he was really fighting with Warren Beatty over that film. And I think I think Warren Beatty said he would even he would he probably would have fired him or killed him if he was the producer of that film or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely Allman's not known for being a, a shrinking violet 
that's for sure. Um, I mean, I'm struck as well by the fact that this is sort of the era as well where people are starting to make big kind of rock or music documentaries, and that obviously gets satirized in um, Spinal Tap. But I guess yeah. this is a, a, a medium that people are used to, so or like you know that this type of documentary film. So it might be that he's also tapping into that. Um, yeah, it might, it might even. I mean, I can't remember when that the last waltz came out. I think it might have came out before this. Maybe it was a little bit. Maybe he maybe he took some inspirations from the Martin Scorsese documentary. Yeah, or at Possibly. least that sort of thing. You know, like I mean, Elvis's big concert movies. Um, you know, being made at this point. You know, I feel like there's there's stuff like it out there that that people would yeah. have been familiar with. Um, did it do well, Nashville? Yeah, it did. It was a two point two million dollar budget, and it made about ten million, which is, I think, pretty successful. For right. that sort of yeah, film. yeah. And then it does it does it do well in terms of awards or anything? It got a few nominations. It was nominated for best actor, and Ronnie Blakely and uh, Lily Tomlin were were nominated. It only won uh, best original song, uh, which Keith Carradine performs in the film "I'm Easy," which is a really really beautiful scene. Um, where he's like playing a song and there's all these different women that he's had a relationships with and they all think the song is written about them but it's written for like one particular person <laughs> that's a yeah. very Altman-esque joke actually um yeah, yeah. uh well it, it sounds i i must watch it it's been on my list for ages it's so. a film you should see i think it's like one of those like it, it's definitely in the thousand one movies to see before you die if you, it's just it, 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 i think for any cinephile i think it's one film you just have to have you know mentioned that you have seen it and then that's and then you know and, and i think if you if you like this movie you should check out other robert altman films because i think he is a very interesting and very singular filmmaker who i i don't think there's anyone quite like him i mean there's i mean someone like paul thomas anderson could be you know even compared to him but i think robert altman is just a tiny i think he's just a, a, like a bit above pt anderson a little bit well, and I, th I think it's worth comparing him to Howard Hawks as well, because Hawks makes movies with a lot of characters that are kind of like hangout films that don't have, you know, a lot of the time they don't yeah. follow a traditional structure and they're a little bit irreverent. So, you know, he definitely fits into a, there's something very, what I would say is there's something very American about it. And I think that, that Hemingway plays a part in that. There is this kind of like male, ma almost macho, um, clipped and sort of, emotionally stunted vernacular that they that these directors tap into that i think hemingway you know really um in his writing you know it, it, it espouses or um you know um gives out demonstrates so i say yeah. uh so yeah so i i'm i mean that's getting a little bit into the, the realm of like the dissertation rather than uh anything else but i i think that um I do think it's interesting to to look at like what it, what what do these big American directors have in common, um, and uh, well, so far one of the things they have in common is that they're 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 straight white men. So you know, in terms of the ones that are, that are canonized, and um, yeah, and so so that's kind of something to think about. But I I, I think and I think yeah, that there are certain Altman movies that probably now like I think you I think it's hard to watch Mash now because of its misogyny and and its racism. But yeah, um, it's um. You know, it undeniably his style of directing is very influential and very um, impressive, as you say, and when it works. So, yeah. So, you know, he's he's someone. Um, he's just another one of these names you've got to add to the list and um, and work through. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I look forward to watching this. No, I think you definitely. I think you you. I think you would definitely like this film. Even Lily, you she would like the film as well. Well, we'll, we'll maybe maybe we'll watch it too. Yes. Um, anyway.
Well, that was uh, my recommendation. I just uh, talked about uh, Robert Altman's Nashville. So uh, do check back to see what Adam will be uh, recommending. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to recommend. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm flattered. Um, uh, I'm I'm sure it will. It's it, it's worth waiting for, uh, and it's worth tuning in next time. Yes. Um, to, to hear my ramblings about movies. Um, all right. Uh, see you. See you on the other side. That sounds weird. See you next time. Yeah. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side, dude. Don't ever talk like that. What? Like just say, dude. Well, outside of quoting The Big Lebowski, probably not. Um, okay, fair uh, right. <laughs> but catch you on the flip side, I think, I think is one of the most annoying phrases in the English language. Do you have any other phrases you don't like? Chillax. You, you like just the word- chill- Take a chill pill, that's another one. Oh yeah, take a chill pill. Do you like the word banter? Yes, I actually do. Yeah. I, I, I do like the word banter. <laughs> banter's a good one anyway, yeah. no, time, no time to go through uh, the things uh, yes. like linguistic uh, peculiarities uh, for we are all busy doing yes. whatever we, we do at home all day um, and I'm so, going to get back to whatever it is I do yes indeed yeah. Uh, but yeah, right. do check back with us next time alright dude catch you on the flip side